0: Um, today, it's not really about giving, but today I want to really talk about partnering. And this is part two. Our theme today is there is more in what we can do. And part of partnering is actually money. We give people to go out and do missions. We give for some of us to be employed by the church. So you're still partnering God's vision. But also I want you to think beyond just money. I want you to think about using your skills to partner with Christ to fulfill the mission. Some of us have put our hands up to serve. Some of us have given their time to come and serve the church. Nearly every weekend I see you and end. Other people come and do their lawn and clear the grass and clean their place here. I mean, it's, it's, it's partnership. It's, it's partnership with Christ. And last week and this week, I want us to think about what is it that God is calling you to do. For some of us, if you're too busy, you can still give financially. And those of us who have time, you can give your time. And those of us who can give through prayer, prayer is still part of your partnership in this mission. I mean, you can do something. You know, many times you can go to a place and you feel like everything has been taken you feel every ministry is covered, your people are doing well financially, everything's covered. But I want to remind you today that there's more to do. There's more to do. But I also want to remind us that we're living in a season when everything that is looking so dry and so hard. I was watching television last week and I saw back in my country place those of us who don't know that I was born in Kenya and over a hundred people have lost their lives mysteriously in what is suspected to be. Somebody asked them to fast their way to heaven. So we have over 100 people and they're still recovering more bodies. Some have been taken to hospital where people were asked to fast their way to heaven. It's painful because the people that are hungry for God, the people that are thirsty for God, and they're ready to pick up anything That is out there. In this short story from Mark chapter 12, verse 41 to 44. A poor widow came along and put in two small coins. Then Jesus told the disciples that the woman gave more than the rich. And I was looking at this story and asking, I was asking myself, do I really understand the mathematics of God? Do I really understand the mathematics of God? That people that give so much and this widow maybe depends on Welfare pulls her two coins and puts in the offering bag. And Jesus says that she gave more than this everybody else. The poor woman, as a widow, would have had no source of income after her husband's death. And therefore, the two small coins were all she had, and yet she offered them to God. I want to remind us today, church, there's more in giving than just money. Even though it's good to give money, Money in itself does not give us eternal life. You can donate hundreds of millions of dollars. You can give your entire life to serve the church. You can surrender your children to serve the church. You can offer even to bring all this building down and and bring up a a 10 million building for us here. But if you don't have life in Christ, it all amounts to nothing. It amounts to nothing. If you look at the gospel of John chapter 6, I would like us to reflect briefly on John chapter 5. And Jesus addressing the religious groups, he presented four witnesses to the reality that he, he was who he said that he was. And I was looking at this and I was asking myself that even after all the miracles Jesus did, Changing the water into wine. And so many other things that he did. The community could not see life in Christ. They appreciated the things he did. They loved the teachings, they enjoyed the activities, they liked to hang around him, but they were not able to see the life that he was offering to them. and They were not even ready to receive the life that he was offering to them. He told them that John witnessed about me. John said that the, the, there is a one that is coming, that whose sandals are much bigger than I to carry. He said that the Father Himself, the Father Himself who sent me, bears witness. Because the things I do are from the Father. He says the scripture that you're looking at, addressing the Pharisees and all the religious people, that the scriptures you're reading bear witness of me. He says that you study the scriptures diligently because you think that in them you have eternal life. These are very these very scriptures. These are very scriptures that testify about me. Yet you refuse to come to me to have life. In other words, there is more than just studying scriptures of the Bible or attending the church services. Because you can be here, pray every Sunday, you can be here every Sunday with your family. But if the life of Christ is not in you, amounts to nothing. So my message today, there's more to life than just attending church. There's more to life than serving. There's more to life than just giving your money. There's more to life than praying every day. There's more to life. This widow, it wasn't about the money. Yes, she gave her everything, but Christ saw so in her heart that she, there's something in her that attracted Christ. And Christ could easily speak on that. Let us pray that as we read the scriptures. Father, thank you. Lord, I thank you today because many times when we come before you, Father, we bring our needs. We bring our pain. Lord, we bring our challenges to you but yet many times, Lord, we don't see the life that you offer to us. And Lord, many times when we bring our gifts to you, we don't see the life, but we see what we have. And I want to pray, God, that even as we read through the scripture, I pray that, God, may you help us to see the gift that you're offering to us as our King and Lord. And I pray for those that will be listening this morning. I pray that God may you open our hearts and our minds as we read together. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. After Jesus had given those four examples called the witnesses about John the Baptist, about God the Father, about the scripture, and about the work that he was doing himself, that to witness about who he is. The Bible says from John 6, sometime after this, Jesus crossed to the far shore of the sea of Galilee. And that is the Sea of Tiberias. And a great crowd of people followed him because they saw the signs he had performed by healing the sick. Then Jesus went up on a mountain side and sat down with his disciples. The Jewish Passover festival was near. From verse 5, when Jesus looked up and saw a great crowd coming towards him, he said to Philip, where shall we buy bread for these people to eat? He asked these only to test him, for he already had in mind what he was going to do. Philip answered him that it would take more than a half a year's wages to buy enough bread for each one to have a bite half a year wages. Another of his disciples, Andrew Simon, Peter's brother, spoke up. Here is a boy with five small belly loaves and two small fish. But how far will they go among so many people? Jesus said, have the people sit down. There was plenty of grass in that place. And they sat down. A five, about 5,000 men were there. Even when you read about things like plenty of grass, you know, in Australia, we take grass for granted. <laughs> when you look at your backyard and it's the green, there are places grass is, is not easy to find grass. And sometimes those tiny things you read in the Bible, that there was plenty of grass, you're wondering, why would you put grass in the Bible? Because in Australia, it's obvious. Grass is always there. Some of these places, grass is gold. I mean, if you, if you go to some of the countries, like in the Middle East, they're actually planting, I mean, putting the artificial grass. So when you see on television, you're actually thinking it's real grass, but it's not real grass. They're putting up even artificial trees to make it look a little bit green. But I think here we are lucky. Even if you don't plant grass, it just comes up. Trees just come up, we are lucky. but these places, grass is luxury. So the Bible said they were. there was plenty of grass in that place where they sat. Jesus then they took the loaves, gave thanks, and distributed those who were seated as much as they wanted. He did the same with the fish. When they had all had enough to eat, he said to the disciples, gather the pieces that are left over, let nothing be wasted. So they gathered them and filled the twelve baskets with the pieces of the five barley loaves left over by those who had eaten. Even with, the, with five belly loaves and two small fish for 5,000 people, Christ is reminding us there's more for all to eat and to carry. Twelve baskets away to be used later. I'm being reminded in, in, in John chapter 4 that the Samaritan woman at the well I thought that she had fast enough, her heart has been broken five times. But Jesus comes along and tells her that there's more to life than giving up. And I was as, as preparing this story, I was thinking about this Samaritan woman. And my wife keeps reminding me that women love from the heart. You know, you know some men, it can be a bit of plastic, you know. Not all of them, but some. It's what you see. But I can, from what I've been told, is probably 80, 70%, 80% of women is from the heart. And this lady... Has been broken not once, not twice, not three times, five times. This woman has given up on life. Because even the one man she was living with was not the husband. What am I saying today? Friends, the challenges of life can break us. Things in life can destroy us. But when we find our purpose in Christ, when we see our value in Christ, we find more to life. Because the things we work so hard for in life, sometimes they don't make sense. I've seen people say that I've given my life for this work, for this job to function. But sometime it comes a time you're told, thank you for working with us for the last 40 years. But your position is redundant after 40 years. You'll be heart-crushed. A friend of mine told me that you don't retire when you're still paying a mortgage. You don't retire even if you're 90 years old and you're paying a mortgage. And sometimes when you're told your position is redundant, and you're looking at the bills, of course, your heart will be crushed. For some of us, it may not be work. It could be one day you walk to the doctor and you receive this report. After I've done all the checking and everything is done, you're told your heart does not have many days to go. Your future is in danger. And you can be heartbroken, you can be crushed. But today, Christ is reminding us that there's more to life than that. There's more to life. So probably today, I'm talking to somebody walking in today that you've been looking at life and feeling that everything has been crushed. Things have been working opposite. Life has challenges that don't make sense for you. I want to remind you today, there's more to life than the challenges that you're facing at this particular time that when I think about the families that have lost their loved ones back in, at home in Africa, when I think of the children that have been left orphans, I feel discouraged, I so angry. I was feeling so disappointed. But Christ was reminding me today, there's more to life. Yes, it's sad, it's painful, but there's more that is suffering for us as a church, as believers You can read the story of this lady, the Samaritan woman. She was crushed more than five times, that everything was giving up, but Christ reassured and told her there's more. There's more that you can receive. Among the many miracles Jesus performed, John records only seven of those miracles in the Bible. And John has a reason why that he's recording only seven of those miracles. Because John wants you and I to see beyond miracles. He wants us to see beyond the things that Jesus performed. He wants us to see Jesus as life to us. He starts by showing the turning of the water into wine at a marriage feast in Cana. That's in John chapter 2. The healing of a noble man's son who was at the point of death. The healing of a man at the ship gate, at the pool. It gives us another miracle of walking on water. The feeding of 5,000 people that I'm talking today. The healing of the man born blind in, in, in John chapter 9. And the raising of Lazarus from death in John chapter eleven. But if you look at all those activities, especially the last one, is showing life that he's trying to prove to people. He's trying to show. He's trying to help people understand that it's not just about the things; it's about life that I'm offering you to see to be able to pick up, to be able to be part of this life that I'm offering for you. Because this is more important for you than what else is being given. He said that you can have the whole world, you can have everything, but if you don't have this life I'm offering you, your life is useless, your life is nothing. Jesse in this portion of the scripture John described the story of Jesus feeding five thousand people and like I said this miracle is among these seven miracles John recorded in his gospel it's amazing this only miracle recorded in all the four gospels accounts when the crowd Complaints of hunger, the disciples who are mentioned, each react in a unique way to the situation. What does that tell you and I? That even as Christ has declared and done all these things, the disciples still cannot understand the picture Christ is giving to them. They They could not understand the life that Christ was offering the things and the purposes that Christ was offering at that particular time. And today as we journey through this chapter, this scripture, this passage, I want to tell us there's more when we see what when, when we see what Jesus himself is seeing and doing. I like this scripture that couples use on their wedding cards. I do two, two walk together unless they've agreed to do so. Many couples put that scripture for their wedding cards on the, for the wedding day. <laughs> and Christ is asking us the same. If you can't see and picture the reason why I've come, if you can't understand why I'm here, how can you partner with me? How can you be part of my mission and vision if you can't see the things that I'm doing today? Jesus was inviting disciples to see what you're seeing. Hungry and tired people. And look at the question he's asking them in verse, verse 5b, that where shall we buy bread for these people to eat? and some of them are thinking about the salary they're thinking about the material things but Christ is thinking about the the spiritual life that he's offering to these people because when Christ is sitting down there he's seeing people that are walking to him that are hungry people that are sick for him people that are desperate for him and Christ is actually you and I today when you sit where you sit what do you see do you see people that are hungry? Do you see people that are thirsty? Do you see people that are desperate for Christ? Because if you can't see that, we can only pretend that we are part of his mission. We can only pretend that we are part of his vision. That's why even to serve, we have to be wrestled to serve because we can't see. That's why we even when, when we give to his mission, we struggle because we, we can't see his mission. To be able to partake in his mission. Because as a people, as a generation that wants to stand with Christ. People that can see what Christ can see. People that can see the vision that he has for his church. They don't have to struggle to be part of that vision. Because Christ has already invited you and I to be part of his journey. And fulfill the mission. The disciples at that stage they failed because they could not see. Because they saw the physical food, but Christ was seeing the spiritual food. You see, the important meaning of this story is that the spiritual food that alone can sustain the quality of living that characterizes the true followers of Christ because Christ knows very well that if if my spiritual life is, is healthy, if my spiritual life is stable, if my spiritual life is okay, the storms and the waves of life cannot shake me because my spiritual life is healthy and stronger. But if my spiritual life is struggling, if my journey inside here is not healthy, if my journey inside here is not alive, that every wave and wind of life will shake me and pull me back from his mission. says that his disciples could only see people who are physically hungry. And that's why Philip says that it would take more than half a year's wages to buy enough bread for each one to have a bite. And I'm saying today that if we must work together with Christ on his mission, we must see what Christ can see for us to be able to fulfill this vision. When I was preparing this study, I was thinking about I was think about our kids' club. And uh, sorry, Norma, I didn't mention that I'll mention you, but uh, I want to appreciate Norma and uh, and Mav last Wednesday. With a lot of sadness, Norm had to put the kids club on recess because we just don't have enough team to spread ourselves. And Norma and, and Mav have been doing this work for a while. And last week they told me, Fred, I think we've, <laughs> we're just feeling a bit tired with this journey. And I went home and as I was preparing this. I saw the disciples telling Jesus, I saw the disciple telling Jesus, send these people back to the town to buy bread. Send them to go to, back home to buy bread. And, and I was asking myself, are we sending these kids back home to? to buy bread for themselves. Friends, when we feel like we can't give more, when we feel like we've given enough, we send people away. We send them away because we can't handle them anymore. But you and I, If we can borrow from Christ and and have his life in us, we can give his life. Because if you have nothing, you can can only give nothing. But if you have life of Christ in you, you can only give life back. And his life keeps on coming alive and you can keep on giving it. But if you just give yourself, you keep on giving yourself. You give yourself until you become empty. You have nothing to give and you get frustrated. And Christ wanted the disciples to see that what you are giving is not you. Don't give yourself, don't give your money. I want you to give, give me because I am everlasting. Your life is only like a vapor that can evaporate, can disappear, can can go. But my life is eternal, my life is Everything that if you offer my life to these people, if you offer my life to what you're doing, if you offer my life to the things that give you meaning, if you offer my life to the things that give you purpose, it will stay forever. But if you offer your life from nothing, it will come to a place it's going to expire. It become useless, it become nothing because you have nothing else to give. Friends, I want to encourage you today. give the life of Christ that is in you if it's there. Offer people the life that is living in you. Let's give the community. let's offer to a work. Let's give to. Our family, the life that is in you and I, that is from Christ. Because if you don't give what is from Christ, whatever else is there, it won't last. Even for those of us who are married, I tell couples, offer to your marriage life that is coming from Christ. That's the partnership he's talking about. That we can partner. If you have a bit of my life and give into your marriage, your life can still roll even on rocks. When things are challenging, the life can keep rolling because this is me. But if you don't do it from me, you'll be giving it from your own strength and energy. It won't last. It won't last. The church today... Can I have the next clip, Jerry? The church today is struggling because we've given up on the Holy Spirit of Christ. We've surrendered ourselves to our skills and our knowledge and everything. And we've allowed the, 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 the physical, we've allowed ourselves to take control of what the Holy Spirit is supposed to take control That church will not last because it's not eternal. Jesus Christ is inviting us to a place where we can see what He's doing and what He can see. And I do believe that if you can see what Christ is seeing, joining Him on this mission will not be hard. Will not be hard. Like I said early in Matthew 15, fourteen, fifteen and mark, they record where Jesus requests the disciples to send people away. And I can tell you if we have we, we have nothing in us, we can only send people away from us because we have nothing else to offer them. Next one, Jerry. The second thing, as I finish, I want to say that there's more. If your source of bread is Jesus Himself, I think I've emphasized more that point. If you read that chapter, verse thirty-five, Jesus declared that I am the bread of life. That he who comes to me will never go hungry, and he who believes in me will never be thirsty. The things that break our lives and destroy our, our spiritual journey are temporary. Aren't to remind us today, myself included, that if your work that gives you purpose, if it's your family that gives you purpose, if it's the foodie, whatever you do that gives you meaning and purpose without Christ, I can tell you that it won't last forever. It will crush you. Because Christ knows that those are the things that keep you away from him. The things that give us purpose without Christ, separate us from Christ, they pull us away from Christ. And, and we know when you're pulled away and you become empty, you crash crush at some point. I want to tell you, Today and myself included, that let's allow the bread of life to be our source of meaning and purpose. That if his life can grow in us, that as we continue to serve and and offer ourselves, the journey is going to be much easier and and very easy to follow. Next one, Jerry. The Samaritan woman at the well discovered that she found out those more when she found Jesus. She invited her whole family and community to experience the new life. Jesus reminded her that if they walk together, she'll never thirst again. Jesus never guaranteed this woman a new husband. Jesus never guaranteed this woman that everything that has been destroyed could be guaranteed 100%. Jesus never guaranteed this woman that the community will stop seeing her as a divorcee or somebody who has had five husbands. Jesus never guaranteed her. The community will continue to see this woman in that particular way but she made a choice because of the new life in her. She made a choice. Friends, you can choose to make a choice and allow Christ to see you the way he's seeing you today. People, People may never change how they look at you. People may never change how they think about you. People may never change how they feel about you. But the new life you receive Christ transforms your life through somebody else. The way you look at yourself, the way you think about yourself and the way you contact yourself in Christ is much more different than the way you thought about yourself. Christ may not even remove the pain that you're feeling today. Christ may not even heal the disease that you're carrying in your body today. Christ may not even change the situation at home, but Christ can give you a life that will help you to see life in a different way in spite of the circumstance that you're facing in your journey. My prayer today, that Christ will help us. The Bible says that at the end of the ceremony, They gathered and filled 12 baskets with the pieces of the five barley loaves left over for those who had eaten. And Christ wants us to see him as our source. There are many things that can offer meaning and purpose in life. But like I said, our source, if our source and purpose is not in Christ, they will not last. There is more. Even with just with two loaves, five loaves and two fish, they still had baskets of full taking home. There's more because when the disciples saw nothing, a half years wage to buy, to cater for these people, Christ still reminded them there's still more than you can still carry. Home. The situation today may be seem empty, may look like it's useless. It may seem that Christ has failed you. It may seem like Christ has not even bothered to look after your situation. I want to tell you, there's more in the store for you. There's more. As I finish, I want to finish with this story from Mark chapter 2, where Jesus had just completed his tour of the synagogues and had returned to Capernaum. And the news that Jesus was in town, staying at a certain house, spread so quickly throughout the city. The crowd hurriedly came, and soon the house was jammed full of people. Waiting to hear from Jesus, and among those who were f- among those people were four men bringing their f- physically handcapped friend on a stretcher. Next one. The interesting part is that when Jesus said to this man, "Son, your sins are forgiven," the people there were shocked some were looking for healing. Others were looking for something different. But if you read that scripture, the Bible says that Jesus, after Jesus learned what was happening, Jesus asked them in verse nine, which is easier to say to this paralyzed man, your sins are forgiven. Or to say, get up take your mat and walk. I just want to remind us, friends, that sometimes because we cannot see the things that Christ is seeing, sometimes we don't see him the source. We go to Christ with a folder, with a list of things that you want Christ to take. And sometimes when Christ is, is giving you what he has for him, for you, we live disappointed. This man was at the beginning was disappointed because his focus with his friends walked to that building and they did a lot of work. They had to pull up the roof. I don't even know how the roof was repaired. But if you try here, my chairman is here, David will deal with you. <laughs> you try to get off this roof, you've been in a lot of trouble but I'm just not sure how they did it. After they (laughs) pulled the roof off, they found themselves down there, and Jesus is only telling them, your sins are forgiven. This man even never, I don't even think he thought he was a sinner. They were going for a miracle. It's just reminds us that it's more for Christ. Sometimes the things you're looking for and not necessarily the thing that Christ is offering. Because he has life for you and I. The desire, the passion, the things that move us sometimes come from the influence of the challenges we face here. But I want to remind us that Christ loves you and I. Christ knows what is good for you and I. He cares for you. As I call Linda to come up and the worship team to come, I want you to stand up where you are now. Let's just stand. Those of us who are able to stand, just stand up. I want you to think about for a minute. Can I have the last year, Jerry, there. You know, friends, sometimes resources are never enough. But God has limitless resources, enough for us to do what God wants us to do. But I reckon sometimes God feels disappointed when you tell God we can't do this because we don't have money. We can't do this because we don't have enough people. We can't do this because we can't do this. We can't send more people because we can't give. God is wondering who is the source? Who is providing for these things? If truly we believe that God is actually calling us to reach out to the community, to reach out to the world, to do the things we are doing, why is it so hard for us to trust God and do it? I want to challenge you to take your place. Find your place. For us, maybe it's not the ministry for Someone else, maybe the life that is offering has never been part of you. You've never received that life for yourself. And every time you've been giving yourself until you're feeling I can't give anymore, I want to remind you today don't give yourself, give Christ. Offer Christ, don't give yourself. Lord, I thank you. I thank you today because you offered life, yet many people never saw it. You offered yourself to be our bread, but we get distracted by other things, Lord. Yet many times we pray, give us our daily bread, but we don't really want that daily bread. And today I want to pray for somebody that walked in this place today. Feeling that they've had enough. I'm praying for somebody that came in today saying that I have nothing else to offer. I want to pray for somebody who came here today feeling like I've given everything. And I pray, God, that may you remind that person today that your life is eternal. Your life is everlasting. Your life cannot be measured. That if, if only we can give that life, if only we can give that life to to our community, to our society, to every person. Then we'll have a different community. We can have a different church. There's more to just prayer. There's more to just come to church. There's more to just being a parent without Christ in that There's more to marriage than just being a married person. There's more. Thank you, Jesus.